This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club & Resort Chef. In this episode of Club & Resort Talks, we're chatting with certified master chef Gerald Ford, who is the executive chef of the Ford Plantation located just outside of Savannah, Georgia. Chef Ford, who has been at the property for nearly 15 months, has overcome numerous challenges as he's poured himself into transforming the club's culinary program. He is now focused on mentorship, training, and crafting quality food from quality ingredients. He's also the captain of the American Culinary Federation's Culinary Team USA 2020, a group he cherishes because it allows him to unleash his creative genius. What brought you to the Ford Plantation? It started with a phone call from, uh, from Mark Ray. Uh, he's the general manager here at the Ford Plantation. He reached out to me and said, uh, it seems to me that, the, uh, that Chef Ford should be the chef at Ford, which is kind of <laughs> ironic, right? Right. <laughs> Once he reached out to me, really piqued my interest. I came out to the club, spent a little bit of time here, uh, really fell in love with it. It's got a great story. It, uh, it was Henry Ford's winter home uh, back in the 20s and 30s. He had, the, he had purchased uh, like 18,000 acres along the Ogeechee River. Wow. And uh, he used to spend some time here. And I'm actually distantly related to Henry Ford. So he's, oh, are he's you? kind of an interesting figure of my past, yeah. Where were you previously? I was at the Everglades Club in Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. You're now in Georgia. Different weather, still warm. What do we think so far? Are we happy? <laughs> Uh, Georgia is a very interesting place. Yeah. Um, I, I am happy. It is, it is very pretty. It is a very, very different pace of life. Um, we have our, you know, some interesting challenges that we, we face that I couldn't have possibly anticipated. Um, definitely some staffing challenges, but uh, the weather's amazing. We have some beautiful food products that we get to work with, and uh, it's, it's a very cool environment. Give us the lay of the land at the Ford Plantation. How many members do you have, and what's kind of the dining scene there? We have uh, 238 memberships. Uh, We're targeting right around 300. Uh, So we're still, I would say we're still a young club. We're still kind of in in, in development. Okay. Um, Definitely kind of reaching that. I I guess we're, we're trying to transition from our, from the younger club, really trying to, to, to mature a bit more, um, you know, increase membership, kind of deepen the uh, the quality of services. We have three dining outlets, three primary dining outlets. We have uh, Lake Dye Grill, which is open for breakfast and lunch. We have the clubhouse, which is open for lunch and dinner. And then we have what's called the main house, which uh, was actually Henry Ford's winter home. And we use that for private events, for wine dinners. We use that as our wedding location, kind of our catering kitchen. Okay. So tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you're currently facing at the Ford Plantation. We're, uh, we're approximately 35 minutes outside of Savannah. Um, Savannah is currently experiencing a, a bit of a labor shortage. I think, you know, it, it's what, it's industry-wide. There are restaurants popping up and no staff to staff them, quite honestly. Um, and then, you know, quality of staff is, is definitely different than it was 20 years ago as well. You know, people are coming out of culinary school with degrees, but don't necessarily have the, I don't know, um, grit. I don't know, the interest in grinding through, you know, five years of an apprenticeship or, you know, three years of, of doing hard labor to, to develop, you know, a skill and develop in the craft. So we're, we're definitely seeing some of that. I, uh, you know, if I post a job, I, I probably get 20 applications and 10 people are, you know, in every other facet of, of the world as far as employment goes from, you know, UPS drivers to, uh, 
um, coffee baristas, and they're applying for sous chef positions sometimes, you know. So what um, do you do? Uh, I try and cast a bigger net and try and get a bigger pool of candidates, yeah. really to try and get the best candidate that I can. Uh, I spend a great deal of time training, educating. Um, I actually I made an investment last year with the uh, with my general manager's blessing to buy everybody a copy of uh, Escoffier and Le Guide Culinaire. And not so much because I wanted to, you know, start off with classical French cooking, but I wanted to begin with the foundation of French cooking, trying to explain where sauces came from, where stocks come from, and really just building a cuisine culture and a kitchen culture from the ground up. So you did that last year. Has it worked? It's uh, it's a work in progress. Okay. It means that it's a, a constant. It's a constant yeah. thing. Staff turnover is pretty common. We're actually, I'm at a point now where I've uh, I've turned over most all of the staff that existed before I was here, and that's it's not exactly a, a proud point for me, but I think it was something that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to, you know, to to take an existing staff that didn't necessarily want to make changes. Um, things here had been going in a direction for about 14, 15 years already. So when I, when I stepped in and obviously tried to, you know, change the direction of the food program, um, which was what I was brought in to do, you know, as yeah. per my meetings with the House Committee and the members and the GM and the president of the club, um, that definitely, uh, it, was a, it was a challenge. It was a very abrasive challenge for some of the team that existed. When you look so. for these new hires, knowing that you're really turning the Titanic, what are you looking for? In, in a sous chef? Well, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking for somebody who's willing to work, who can learn, and who can take criticism. Um, you know, those are, those are really my top three. A culinary skill set is, is tremendous, but I, I find that that's, that's really a hard thing to find anymore. It, it exists, but it's definitely the exception, not the rule. And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's a very subjective thing, skill, right? Uh, from one person to the next, skill is it's how do you quantify skill you can create a one to ten scale or you know you can you can talk about it numerically but you know there's no real basis of comparison industry-wide if it's a culinary institute of america graduate i can get some uh, some grasp for you know what they've learned based on the fact that i graduated that school right when you start talking about johnson wales there's no real uh, you know, there's no real understanding of, of what it, what it is exactly that they've been through or, you know, what skills is for them, what fundamentals is for them. Tell me a little bit about how you mentor them, what what you obviously care about giving them foundational information. So what are some other ways that you bring these grads or these new hires up to speed? It's quite the process, actually. I guess the more I the more I look at it, the more I the more I kind of step back. <laughs> in my spare time and, and say, am I going in the right direction? <laughs> am I leading them down right. the right path? You yeah. know, and it's, you know, it, so really I, I try and spend as much time allowing them to be successful as possible, you know, so really giving a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversation in the beginning and constantly about, look, this isn't personal. Let's, you know, it's, it's not about an ego. It's not about me being right. It's about doing the right thing. So I really try and make people feel, comfortable to be themselves to be who they are to be successful and then say look everything you do is 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 obviously being looked at because i want to make sure that 
you know, you're building a skill the right way and you're executing the way I need you to execute. I can't, I can't expect somebody to do something that they don't understand how I want it done. And I, I, I try and have a, a very realistic, um, uh, I guess, very grounded perspective about that. You know, like if I, if somebody makes a mistake, I'm, I'm very quick to look at myself and say, did I communicate everything that I was looking for in this? Mm. And it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> because there's, I, I try and leave no room for assumption. Mm. I, I try and leave it, you know, very much so. I try and take absolute responsibility for communicating what it is that I'm looking for. And, and then I can hold people accountable for that. So, um, you know, it'll start with the peeling of an onion. You know, how do you peel an onion? Would you peel an onion for me? You know, let's, let's do this. Here's how I'd like you to do this. And then that, that's not something that just happens that way. You know, most of the time people have habits that they've developed and it drives me insane to find little pieces of onion peel in my onions. And that doesn't show the mastery of a skill. And I feel like once I pass the master chef's test, now, you know, I need to be exemplary of what mastery of a skill is. So, you know, so now what am I passing on to that next generation? So it's really about like, okay, look, here's how you peel an onion. Here's why. All right. So now we're going to chop the onion. See, you have to make sure all the peel is gone as you chop this onion or as you cut this onion, small dice this onion, you know, try and... Teach terminology because terminology isn't a consistent thing, nor is the standard of what terminology means, you know, set in concrete. What is a small dice? I know a small dice is a quarter inch. Some people think it's something else. Some people think it's something else, and some people still think it's something else. Or it gets even worse than that. People know it's something else. So, you know, so there's a there's a lot of conversation about you know, all right, so here's what I call a small dice. And I try and make it less about people being right and try and take the, again, you know, once you bring, once you insult someone's ego or once you damage somebody's ego, it's really hard to communicate anything with them. So try and make it less about them being right or them being wrong and saying, look, so a small dice to me is this. Here is, you know, here is my term. We're going to start with Chef Ford's glossary of terms. And we're going to make sure that we're all talking about the same things the same way. Mm. It's almost like you create a common common language among your team members. We have to. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got uh, 16, 17, and 18 year old high school kids that work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some industry professionals. I've got some cooks now that came out of Savannah. Um, I've got some people with cooking experience, some life changers. You know, I don't have a huge culinary team, but it's a very diverse team. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I feel like it benefits everybody to talk about, you know, food in a way that we can all communicate, you know, universal language. You also are the captain of the culinary Olympic team, right, the, for 2020. So that's a whole nother set of pressure points for you. So that's the other side of the scale. I mean, you're working with some of the best chefs in the country. Is that a release for you to be able to work and and cook alongside these these really talented and tenured culinarians? Absolutely. I think that's actually probably one of the keys to how balance occurs in my life. I would love to say that I, you know, I, I practice certain things, which I, I do. I really try and practice discipline to be able to maintain some some balance in my life. I, I meditate. I do, I do other things. But um, the culinary team is truly a really creative outlet for me. 
um, in, instead of, it, it allows me to kind of be who I am as a culinarian. It allows me to kind of get lost in the food, get lost in the cooking and, and work with the team. Um, it's really cool being captain of the team because I guess I'm kind of like, you know, in a, in a, on a very different level, I'm like the chef of the kitchen. So, so my sous chefs and my, and the cooks in my kitchen just so happen to be really tenured, very talented chefs. So, so we can talk about things and work on things at a really, really high level. Um, and then we already have that common language. We already have, you know, the, the, a, a fairly common work ethic and we still find, you know, areas where we need vocabulary. There's, there's emails that I've sent out to the team with a list of like, okay, we will not, we're not going to refer to um, this particular thing as this, this, or this, this is what it is. And it's how we're going to refer to it so that we're all talking about the same thing because otherwise we waste a lot of time miscommunicating right. with each other. And that's something we really don't have a whole lot of. We've got about a hundred days until we compete in Germany and, it's really important that we make the most of whatever time we have together. We're all working full-time jobs. And for most other countries that are competing in the Culinary Olympics, competing in the Culinary Olympics is a full-time job. We're just trying to maximize our time together and execute at the highest level humanly possible. I enjoy the responsibility of trying to help people be as effective as we can be. Are you ready for Germany? We are a lot closer to being ready to Germany than uh, than we were six months ago. Great. Not a, it's not a direct answer, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we are we are in we are in a good place. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, and I think you know readiness is you know it's it's again it, it's subjective. It's it's fluid. It's you know it's when you think you're ready, you learn something else, and you're like, ooh, we could refine that. You know, and, and then you learn something else and you're like, oh, you could refine that. Your perspective just constantly changes. And you always find that there's just another, you know, a deeper level of, of focus. I guess it's like, uh, what is it? Thomas Keller talks about chasing perfection, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's something that you chase. It's, it's not something you can ever obtain, you know. And, and just as you take one step closer, it continues to move itself away. Now, you're always getting closer to it or you're always in pursuit of it but it's just not something that's obtainable so you know readiness is it's a very similar thing what would you say your culinary philosophy is i've got a lot of those <laughs> as, as you as you can tell I, yes I, like I know well, it's a natural um, question uh, after all that <laughs> you know it, it's funny it it really evolves with the with the clientele that i'm serving um i would say at the foundation, I, I like food to be honored, and I like products to be celebrated. So, you know, I don't want to utilize my skill to try and manipulate an ingredient into something it's not meant to be. Um, I, see, I see the way I hand in, handle an ingredient as, as a way of um, bringing out its best characteristics and honoring it and respecting it. You know, uh, I, I think in some ways it's a, it's a very European philosophy, but there's so many American chefs that, that, that adopt the philosophy. So I guess it's, it's just a very respectful philosophy that, you know, a pig is lost as is given its life to, to feed us. So we should honor it and utilize every component of it. And I've spent a lot of my career learning how to, you know, prepare things in the most ideal fashion for 
either where they come from on the animal or where they come from in the world and celebrate them, serve it to somebody who, you know, may have experienced a less skillfully prepared dish and has a newfound appreciation for it. You know, chicken livers, they tend to get a, a bad rap because when they're, when they're not good, they're really awful. But when they're, when they're prepared nicely, when they're handled by a, a skilled chef, they can be really something special. They can be completely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just, I, I see that as, as kind of my responsibility. So now, as I've evolved into my role, I, I try and pass that understanding on to, you know, the chefs behind me, to the, the generations that are coming up after me and understand that, you know, I'd like to help them get that understanding or help them understand that level of craftsmanship without making so many of the, you know, detours and twists and turns that I've made, if I can help them, you know, save themselves a a little bit of time. Are you inspired by ingredients? Ingredients are are definitely a huge inspiration. Um, When I see, uh, you know, a a blossoming young culinarian who's passionate about the craft, that really inspires me. Um, You know, weather, uh, you know, beautiful fish coming through the back door, I read a magazine article and I see a cool dish or, you know, I, I hear about a flavor combination. Sometimes, you know, that, that sparks something in me or just seeing, you know, cool plates like, wow. Okay. I really want to put some food on that. You know, just uh, getting hungry and the smell of a new season. Yeah. It, it really feels like fall today in Georgia. Oh, does it? And, uh, oh, absolutely. It's kind of like one of those days where I want to eat a bowl of, of really nice chili and nothing. And I, I don't tend to, go too far off the, the beaten path when we're talking about chili, just a well-crafted, nicely made chili. And, you know, then I guess later on this evening, as it gets a little bit cooler, I'm going to want something, I'm going to want a piece of apple pie. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm just not that simple. Can I, we I, join you, know you I mean? for like dinner that. tonight? It sounds like it's going to be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if those things happen. I've yeah. I got a lot on the plate today. I've got a big <laughs> tomorrow or a big anniversary party tomorrow but it's just you know so the the seasons inspire and and sometimes just having conversations with you know uh, a cook and they want to they want to bring a special to the to the to the restaurant line or something inspires you know something or you know writing a menu with a sous chef or even with a member uh you know we we start talking about writing menus or they want a custom event or something um it's, I, I, I really enjoy those interactions because I feel they do bring about great inspiration. So what's next for you? You've got a lot on your plate now. Where do you, where do you see yourself going? Look five years down the road. I love mentoring and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy working with passionate people. And I, 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 I almost feel a transition in my life from the perspective. I, I feel like my customer, um, my customer is becoming the professional culinarian. I really enjoy working with chefs and helping them develop their skills and helping them see different perspectives or trying to utilize new processes that can streamline their life um, or streamline their, the way that they work to be more effective. Um, I really see myself doing a, a bit more work. I've had the good fortune of having some really good conversations and some talks and some work in bringing, forgive me if this sounds awful, older generation chefs or more old school chefs, I guess, um, 
and younger generation, younger cooks together, trying to help them find a, a common meeting ground. I, I don't think, I, I don't think there's as big of a gap as some people think there is. I just think we're not using the right vocabulary. We're not using the right perspective to, to bridge our gap, you know? So I, I so I really think that I'm, I'm in an, I'm in a very interesting position to, to help, uh, to help bridge that gap, to get people to work a little, a lot better together. And, um, I'd like to spend a lot more time helping, you know, people be more effective in their roles. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chef. For more podcasts, check out our site, www.clubandresortchef.com.